Hello, welcome to episode four of Quarantine, the podcast. If you've heard one of these before, you can go ahead and skip the next minute because I'm lazy and I'm putting it in again. Hi, I'm Sandy and this is my Quarantine podcast. I live in Cefalu, a small town in Sicily in Italy, and at the moment I can't leave my apartment. Thanks very much, COVID-19. What I can do, though, fortunately, is talk to people. And I found myself catching up with friends from all over the world, finding out about their experiences of this story. So this podcast is an attempt to capture some of those conversations, to share some of the stuff I'm finding out, and to keep me something resembling sane. The idea I have is to talk to one person from as many different countries as possible. If you enjoy it, and I hope you do, please spread the word. It might help. The next voices you're going to hear from are my neighbours, who, to keep themselves sane, at six o'clock every evening come out onto the balconies of the little courtyard we share and sing. It's not always tuneful. It's not always the music that I've chosen, but it's a moment of community and it's part of the story. So we'll start there. Hi, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, welcome. My name's Sandy and this is day 12 of my personal quarantine. Today we've got uh, Summer who's joining us from Berlin. Summer's a writer, a theatre maker and an impresario. How are you doing, Summer? I'm all right, thanks. And we've got Duncan who's in Cardross in Scotland. He is a rogue marine biologist <laughs> and a sometimes seaweed entrepreneur. That's how he asked me to introduce him. Duncan, how are you doing? Yeah. Oh, uh, thanks, Andy. I, I'm I'm fine. It's a sunny day, so can't really complain. It's a sunny day here too. What's it What's it like in Berlin, Summer? It is cloudy. It is It is uniform grey. Oh man, that's. Uh, but we had sun for like four days, so I really can't complain. Oh well, then there you go. There yeah. you go. It, this is the first sun we've had in a number of days. It is quite nice to have such a thing of no wind and sunshine. Are you are you able to get out in that sunshine still? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean there aren't that many people, so it's kind of it's quite easy to avoid people. So, um my wife uh Emma has taken our son uh to the park to let me do this. <laughs> ah, that's that's nice of her. And it's nice that you're still able to do that. Um I got. Uh, I was looking online this morning, and and the latest news here in Sicily is that uh, the governor of the island has expressly forbidden the going outside for walks and uh, runs and things like that. So we are every day on a slightly tighter leash. Um, enjoy that fresh air while you can get it, even if it's slightly cloudy. Um, why don't you guys uh, start us off by just explaining how you came to make my acquaintance, you poor bastards, um, <laughs> and uh, and what you've been up to since we last saw each other, um, Summer? Okay, uh, we know each other because of Madrid, 
And I think because of Ben originally, who I met in Barcelona, and then when my partner, who's a physicist, got a job in Madrid, I looked up Ben, who you know because of improv. Yeah. So every everything is because of Madrid and improv. That's and then I also got you a fine uh, because you drove to my house once to pick up things. <laughs> for I think that's how I really know you. I know you because of the fine. That is that is true. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. Yeah, um, you're welcome. I'm here to remind you. So coming on this is really just just paying back your debts. To be honest, yeah, that's you right. owed it. I'm still sorry about it. <laughs> it was uh, Duncan. We were we were working on a show. <laughs> called Drunk Classics, which is nice. Madrid's finest alcohol-based classical theatre improvisation extravaganza. It um, sounds like it should be featured at the Edinburgh Festival, at the Fringe. Mm. It would go down really well. Yeah, I can yeah, imagine I think, I think it's the Australians that do it. I think the Australian shit face Shakespeare has gone to the Fringe a couple of times. There's a there's an English one that a friend of mine called Brian has been in for years, Um I always kind of thought that I should, I'd love to get involved with that because the work that I do is mostly performing, working with uh, with young kids on stage who aren't native English speakers. You can't give them alcohol. Well, Why? you can't, you can't. But the effect <laughs> of working with small kids who don't speak English is very similar to the effect of working with people who are drinking heavily. <laughs> And, um, it's true. It's really true. Duncan, what about you? What um, What's our background? What's our story? So, um, we went to school together. We did. We were at uh, Verulam Hellhole Institute for Boys. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Verulam, also known as Verulam School and St. Albans. We actually didn't probably live that far from each other. We used to get the, certainly the same... Uh, school bus we when did. I did take the bus. Was it the and S4? I thought, I always thought you got the, the big red bus, but maybe oh, it wasn't the S4. No, 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 we, we, we must have been on different buses. We must have been on different buses. Anyway, this is then, therefore, it was. You didn't grow up this, in St. Albans, by the way. Like, you wouldn't okay. understand, but the buses of rural Hertfordshire are, are just, you know, a joy. Interesting. Um, but we did go, and I was thinking, I thought we got the same bus, but then we didn't. Therefore, it's from Scouts. Uh, we used to... Mm. To Scout. Uh, uh, yeah, so we used to, dip, we're in the um, the first St. Albans Scout group together, um, which when we found that, I was like, oh, it was... Uh, you know, that means Sandy and I have got all the essential survival skills to go and uh, live out in the wilds when it all really does go to pot. Like, I'm pretty sure yes. the only thing we we can remember is maybe how to chop wood and set fire to things. I mainly remember scouts for the pyromania. For setting thing. fire to things. Summer, were, yeah, you, were you ever involved in, in scouting or outdoor? Have you ever set fire to things? I've definitely set fire to things. And I was a Girl Scout, which this has been a, a dumb social controversy in the U.S. for a little bit. Ah, our trams are still running. That's what that sound is. Um, yay. Uh, yeah, so we have uh, a Girl Scout troop uh, in, my, right. in my tiny little town in the desert. 
but I think we went camping a total of twice over five years, and that was always camping in cabins somewhere in urban LA area. So it was not. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it was Camp- not a very outdoor. In LA. Don't, yeah, don't ask. Wait, it was. It but... was enough of an adventure for us. No, I, I need I need to unpick this a little bit. So you start okay. in a tiny town in the desert. Yes. Can, can you be more like where? Which tiny town in which desert? Uh, my my hometown is called Ridgecrest, and it's right. depending on traffic, about three hours north of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. in what's called the High Desert. Not in reference to <laughs> <laughs> um, things that you could to, grow there, I guess. Recent but legal in reference to the elevation. <laughs> it's right. relatively so we had snow for example when i was three um, so you so, would go you would leave the rural the small town in the middle of the desert to go right. camping in los angeles yes I'll just there was a girl scout camp there i don't know okay. why okay i'll just i mean that's that seems that seems slightly counterintuitive but um yeah i guess if you can <laughs> yeah, survive in, in downtown LA, you can survive anywhere I think if I learned any survival skills, it was from my father, because uh, he also likes camping. And right. So we would, let's see, we camped in Death Valley a couple of times as a family, and wow. then we would do other kind of... How was that? Like, oh, so it, was, it sounds much more dramatic than it is, because you, <laughs> if you live in the desert, you know not to go to Death Valley in August like the Germans do. Uh, so we <laughs> would basically... You know, go when it was still a reasonable temperature outside, and yeah, you just so when, put your when tent would, in the desert. If the Germans go in August, when did you guys go? Because you've got you've you've got a bit of German in you, is that right? No, not really. I, oh, I thought you had a German I side. Think, Maybe you're I just think, very organized. Uh, yeah, no, that's like it's at adapting to Germany after all these years. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I think a lot of the U.S. has like some tiny portion of German ancestry somewhere back there. Um, but yeah, I think the most, my most recent kind of European immigration into the U.S. was Swedish. Um, oh. In like the mid-19th mm. century or something. That's fine. Oh, I, was... I think we were also English uh, and such. I was about yeah. to ask, I was about to ask if you could hook me up with anyone in Sweden who I could talk yeah. to on the podcast, but mid-19th century oh, actually, is wait a, a second. way to go um, back. Uh, yeah, I might be able to through excellent um, through Berlin people. Well, Would you like a a Norwegian, Sandy? I've actually I've got a Norwegian. Uh, um, okay, um, Karen, who I was at drama school with, is is going to come on next week. Um, I'm sort of trying to work out exactly what what I do next with this because originally I started thinking that this was going to be a project just kind of for me to catch up with people. Basically, an excuse for me to play <laughs> mad scientist and introduce people from different stages of my life to each other. Um, what happens if I put the seaweed entrepreneur together with the weird within... Californian in Berlin? <laughs> yeah, the the seaweed entrepreneur and the impresario together. <laughs> well, there is going to be a theatre connection here because I um, before living in Cardras, I lived on a small island called Easdale, which is just south of Oban. Right, and every These year they mean put on a. To me. <laughs> yeah, well, West Coast Scotland, it's really beautiful. I, I believe um, it. And um, it's kind of, you're looking at the Atlantic seaboard. Um, 
and every year at New Year they do a panto, and so I used to be in the um, I used to do the Ezel panto, and I mean it's not like a a professional production that you guys would ever recognize. I mean it's it's even borderline amateur. Well, most of my productions um, are yeah, extremely we... unprofessional. <laughs> Yeah, did we explain that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, it's not far off from sometimes it's just been a massive uh, improv because no one can ever remember their lines and most people are drunk um, by the time they get on stage. Um, but uh, so, yes, yeah, so I have done, I've treaded the boards, as it were. But, uh, what was, what was uh, your greatest role? Um, Career highlight. Uh, I really enjoyed doing it. So we did Peter Gokwan Pan. Uh, so I was a fashion improv. Uh, I was basically a fashion icon, Peter Pan, very camp in leggings, uh, prancing around the stage. That was pretty good. Um, I think I think we're going to need photos of that. Yeah, it was photos or it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, when did send, I dress? I was in a dress at one point, but I can't remember which one. Uh, uh, was that when? Was I? Was I Alice? I might have been Ooh, Alice. I in think it was Alice. Yeah, That's I think we did I that. That's what I was doing. Just bef- until, until, you know, recent events overtook us, I was the Queen of Hearts in Alice in Wonderland. Oh, oh that's a great role. Mm. I mean, really, My it's very... up there with, you know, Hamlet. And... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, from where I'm sitting, I can see... Um, sadly, my costume is in a, a storage unit somewhere that I'm not allowed to access anymore. But I can see, Aww. I can see my lipstick sitting on a <laughs> shelf across the room from me, reminding me of the glory days. Uh, my very first one was uh, I was Prince Charming, and it wasn't oh, like a m- main load, but um, I based that on flash art, so it, it oh. ended up being. Um, Flash Art and Ace Rimmer. So if you watch... Fans, so fans Fla- of Lord Flash Art is British sitcoms are going crazy right now. Great! Okay, yes, yes. This is, so I'm adding everything a, to my queue. Yeah, you need, to watch Red, you need to watch Red Dwarf, specifically, I think, series, what is it, four or something, that you get Ace Rimmer. Um, and then uh, Lord Flash Art is in Blackadder, and series two and series four. All right, thanks. And I... <laughs> the, the phenomenal Rick Mail. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, sorry. <laughs> well, no. I mean, we've all the time in the world, to be honest. Uh, as as mentioned, other than the um, other than the lipstick on the shelf, I've um, I've only memories of of what I've been up to recently, um, <laughs> because you know it turns out there's a bug going around. How are you guys keeping? Are you uh, you you're both in in good health and out of the way of um, epicenters of infection uh well berlin is slowly becoming an epicenter Mm. uh but it's it's much slower than madrid for example so i keep i keep Mm. looking at other numbers and thinking that we're fine (laughs) but yeah i i i know that that's that's a little bit of the ingrained california positivity that i still have and yeah (laughs) and that i should be a little bit on to that (laughs) <laughs> a little bit more realistic, though. Uh, we The big thing that happened is that they closed all the theaters uh, in stages last week. So, uh, because my big translation clients are two of the state theaters here. So oh, wow. that's 
that was my my last translations for a bit was the, trying to explain the cancellation policies and refund policies oh. and like rescheduling of festivals and all of these things. What so, was what was the what was the trans the, the anti penultimate translation you did before those depressing dismal things? Uh, we were, Anything more, more fun? One of the theaters was still trying to put on a uh, their all their assistants because they have a lot of directing assistants, dramaturgy assistants. Uh, okay, uh, we're putting on an evening of their like experimental works and their chance to put something in front of an audience instead of just assisting on other people's mm. projects. Uh, so that was that was the last thing before uh, all of the cancellation ones. When when did it first? arrive in in berlin do you or when did it first arrive in your part of berlin like when did you first become aware of what was going on i mean it like i definitely was first aware of it when everything happened in china mm. uh, because especially because my dad really keeps track of these things okay uh, so he was already talking about it quite a bit i think you know even late january and then it hit Germany relatively quickly because someone from Wuhan had been doing a training in Bavaria mm. and gave it to the people at the training in Bavaria who were very quickly isolated. Right. And none of them died. But so there was just like very quickly 16 cases in Bavaria, which is far enough away from Berlin that it didn't feel very close. Uh, and it seemed like they had kind of contained that. And then it came back to Germany, um, or it spiked again, kind of unclear how it came. Mm. And then it slowly came from the West East. And so there was a moment where there were actually no cases in former East Germany, um, but cases all in former West Germany. Uh, so yeah, then it finally hit Berlin two weeks ago. Yeah. About. When your, um, when your dad was was first sort of aware of it and talking about it. What was his take? Is he someone who sees the the danger immediately or was he asking you what you thought about it? Like how did those conversations go? Uh, he, he had assessed the danger. He's an engineer, so he uh. Uh, took a very analytical approach to it and started buying the appropriate masks um, relatively early. So he was not getting the surgical mask. He was like, no, you have to get the right ones with filters. Um, and they're really hard to breathe in, so you maybe don't want to use them right away. And so when he was talking to me about this, I was like, I, this is all very quick. Like, I don't know if I'm going yeah. to invest in surgical masks now at the end of, not surgical masks, but these paint filter masks. Yeah. Uh, at the end of January. Because um, I was also still planning to go to London, and and he was already thinking like, limit travel, like, you know, be, be planning to be at home and this stuff. Was, so this was the, the dynamic with one of the guys that I was touring with her dad's a doctor. And in fact, I think both her parents are doctors and they were saying from very early on, like, watch out, make sure you don't get stuck in Italy. They could close borders. They could close the airport. And I was like, no, it's fine. That stuff will never happen. Um, turns out we should all listen to our parents. Yeah, it really seems like it. Nope. Duncan's, Duncan's shaking his head. <laughs> All right, you have, you have a different tell us, set of... Tell us more, yeah. So my dad's an engineer as well, 
and uh, he's decided that it's really important today. And he's he's sixty five. Um, he has a passion for karaoke, no um, uh, and he's gone off to. So they live in St Albans still, mm-hmm. and so just north of London, and you know, like the 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 hot zone as I call it. Um, and he's gone to Norfolk today to go and do an inspection on some machinery that needs to go probably to Japan or something. And I was like, what are you, to, what are you doing? You know, you guys, you two are most at risk. And uh, anyway, so like, even though I've explained to them that it's probably, uh, it's pretty dangerous uh, to go around there, they're still sort of, there are a generation of 60, uh, just before 70, but above 65-year-olds who are still sort of going, nah, we'll be fine. You have just just described precisely the dynamic in my family. My brother's a med student and I'm in quarantine in Italy and we're sort of desperately trying to explain to our dad that maybe he should stay home as much as possible for the next couple of months. Um, I, ha- yeah. I, I do have to ask the obvious question, which is what is your dad's go-to karaoke song? <laughs> um it, it does kind of depend. Uh he oh no, he does you? rap. <laughs> um oh, just lost the, just the so way you said that is perfect. He on so uh, like our son uh Philan, he turned 1 last week mm-hmm. and because he shares a birthday with my gran, his great-grandmother, we had planned for a while to head down to St Albans have a wee family get together and uh, a small celebration and we uh, Emma and I um cuz well she now lectures in anatomy um but you know we're both kind of got biological background in fact my background isn't really seaweed it's actually more parasites uh and more <laughs> marine diseases yeah marine diseases but like mainly to do with sea lice parasites or salmon um Can so- salmon get coronavirus get- <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry so many sorry. questions so many yeah. questions yeah so i mean it's only it's only sea lice so the dynamics of infection are completely different and uh in any sort of crop of seaweed it's also uh, different dynamics anyway but you know the epidemiology is still epidemiology um so emma and i both kind of yeah so we we were weighing up we're like well they haven't brought in the travel bans yet but they're going to Mm -hmm. um we are currently scotland does have a number of cases and the Greater Glasgow and Clyde area have the highest number of cases in Scotland, uh, followed by Lothian. But this is to be expected because you've got Glasgow is the seventh largest city in uh, the UK. Edinburgh, I think, is like the 10th or 11th. And then you've got most of the population of Scotland within the uh, Midbelt. So we were the we were toying up the idea of going down to St Albans because we knew that that was an area that is going to be, you know, we're going through Luton Airport. That is going to be a hot, hot zone. Mm-hmm. And so the risk isn't necessarily us taking it down there. It's more us. It's like, well, we're not, we're technically a low risk group. So we would more likely be picking it up, but we could then pass it to our neighbors. Do we do this? And at the time we just went, yeah, you know, there is likely to be greater restrictions. Uh, my grandma is probably at the highest, highest risk. And because she gets care, 
you know, there's people going in all the time. She's most at risk of getting it and then probably dying from it. Mm. And we wouldn't see her beforehand because they'll be bringing in travel restrictions. Uh, so we went down. So the story here is that my dad, my dad and I on Saturday were really highly irresponsible. And I went out with him to karaoke because, you know, I haven't done that. And he really <laughs> likes karaoke. And I knew that the pub, pubs were probably going to shut down. Yeah. So you know, it was important. So his go-to at one pub was Rapper's Delight, but then he did do Macklemore's uh, Can't Stop Us. So he does that, but um, he's also likes his M&M, so he did um, no. Real Slim Shady. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, either of us saw this. Coming. Oh no, no, M, uh, without me. Sorry, Eminem's without me. Um, but he has been wow. working on a few other songs. So he does do uh, "Too Big for Your Boots" by Stormzy. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, the Macklemore "Can't Stop Us Now" is 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 quite something else. It is his go-to I'm song. I'm just looking at you, you guys on on uh, the Skype chat here, and I feel like I need to turn my computer to portrait mode just to accommodate the height of the eyebrows on both my face and Summer's face. As you tell that, that is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. If there's any video, could we could we get some of that along with the pictures of you dressed as uh, Got Quiet Hand? Um, um, yeah, I could probably send. I can probably share. Uh, I've got one video, and that was him. We went to a new pub uh, on Saturday, and uh, tried. Uh, he tried Rapper's Delight there, which was interesting. I mean, good on him. I really hope when I'm 65, I'm karaokeing Rapper's Delight in a pub with Duncan. I, 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 I just don't know how he does it because I'm rubbish at rap, so I'm never going to do that because I can't. <laughs> I can't. I just can't rap. It's just. I just get tongue-tied, and he mm. he manages to pretty well nail it. So it is really impressive. Um, at the same time, uh, my mum and uh, my wife both find it incredibly cringeworthy. So um, <laughs> he does need to pick his audience. Other people just like, wow, that's really impressive. And everyone at <laughs> other parts of the family are like, no, hide away. <laughs> Somewhere, I mean, he could any... be doing something else embarrassing. I think uh, this, yeah. this seems low on the scale of embarrassing. Yeah, is there I any, agree. Is there any stuff that you've been um, you've been doing pre quarantine while you still have the chance to summer, or, or that you're planning to? Uh, yeah, I so they closed the bars and uh, pubs Saturday, basically without warning, because everyone in Berlin thought that they were going to have a whole weekend still, mm. and then suddenly <laughs> Saturday afternoon they were like, "No, no, we're closing everything now." Um, so I did not get my last bar evening. Um, but the day before, I went to, because they, basically the, the Berlin city can close all the city theaters, but then there's a couple of private theaters still. And so I went to a dance performance that was being held in one of the rehearsal sp spaces by one of the private theaters. Right. Um, because it was a, a friend of a friend of Saskia's who okay. was in dancing in with this Berlin group. So it was a, it was a kind of a cooperation between South Africa and uh, this Berlin group. And so I really, really wanted to see it. And we were all very good. I was so proud of us in, in the audience. Everyone sat, you know, like two empty chairs in between uh -huh. each other. And I think a lot of people stayed home too, because there were probably only like 25 people in the audience or something. 
Um, but I was, I was like, I'm going to be good about it. I'm going to ride my bike there. I'm not going to have the exposure to public transit. Uh, but yeah, I was like, I really wanted to see like the last piece of live performance I'm probably going to see in six weeks or so. Um, and I was really happy it was dance because man, it's, it's just nuts how important it is to be in the same space as a body as other bodies. Like <laughs> It's a really um, cool there's, thing that I'm going to miss. There, there's a noise, isn't there? When you see dance live that you just don't mm. get if you, if you watch it on a screen. Mm. Um, yeah. It's funny. My, my kind of, I knew that we were going to be told to stay at home and I, there isn't, <laughs> there's there's relatively few international dance companies working in Chefalu. Um yeah, it's about, really. about five thousand people. So I went for a, a walk along the seafront and um and, and just kind of took some photos and put it up on Facebook saying, you know, this is a nice sunset. I think this is gonna be the last one I get to see for a while. And at the time I think I thought maybe I was being a bit melodramatic and maybe we would still be able to go out and go for a walk and things. But um, not so much. <laughs> Life comes at you fast these days. What's um, what's it like in terms of um, practicalities, shopping and things? Duncan, is there still? Can you still get hold of of Lou Roll? I know that's the <laughs> hot topic. Um, I'm just going to. We are so our local pub hasn't shut yet. It is shutting after Sunday. Um, but it's not been enforced, and that's the thing. Most it's been recommended, and uh -huh. because it's been recommended not to go to pubs and everything, a lot of places are are shutting. Um, so we are planning on supporting our local pub and having one last uh, drink. We'll probably go during the day because um, you know lunchtime drinking is highly responsible. In fact, I was planning on doing it today, but um, sorry, but, to no, 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 no. It's all right. It's it's like you have to wait until after midday, and you know I've got a while yet. Um, Even in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, so in so what was surprising? Well, it wasn't so surprising. Uh, was that uh, when we came back up from down down south uh, on Monday, and then Emma had to go into work for an emergency meeting to mm. do with um, exams and what the the university policy was going to be. And uh, so I, uh, Phyllin and I went shopping and Morrison's was stripped, like not the fresh f fruit and veg. And so uh -huh. that was good. I could still go seasonal stuff and I got enough veg for us for like easily a week or so and yeah. got a load of tins. But all tin tomatoes, there were still baked beans, but all tin tomatoes were gone. All chili beans, uh, kidney beans and chili sauce were gone and it was stripped bare of loo rolls. So I t wow. told Emma this. I said, look, if you can, she was like, oh, I'm on my way home. Is there anything we need? I said, yeah, uh, beans and toilet roll and maybe something else, uh, chili beans. I can't remember. Oh, no, tin tomatoes. And she said, okay. So she went to a corner shop in Hindland in Glasgow, had no trouble. There was loo roll left. So we did need loo roll because we had one and a half rolls left. Oh, plus the emergency roll that is in the airing cupboard, which I forgot about. <laughs> so, like, loo roll is kind of a restriction we went to waitrose the other day um because we just needed to top up a few things and that you know they have no tins mm. of stuff so people have sort of been stupid and panicked by bought gone out however How a lot it? of the local oh, shops well. a, a lot of the local shops are fine you know like we've got it's not too difficult we've got a farm shop 
a couple of farm shops nearby that are still open and that will do deliveries as well so uh, you, we went to the butcher and you know that is just one that was just two of us in there with the butcher there's a distance because of the counter so yeah. you know there is a lot of Helensborough where we go is still open because of uh, well you, they need to be open and it's these smaller shops that are kind of probably better stocked oh. and you're not well supermarkets are just germ factories anyway so Helensborough's oh got quite a small population so we just don't really interact with anyone anyway so it's kind mm. of fine how is it in in berlin summer uh we've had a massive shortage of lural for like the last week and a half maybe um because there was a run on it uh, maybe two and a half weeks ago and then people calmed down and then they freaked out again so there's been weird spikes in the availability of loo roll. Mostly it's not there. Um, I'm sorry, toilet paper. It feels very strange to say loo roll in, <laughs> in an American accent. I'm sorry. Uh, but also the off licenses. So our spades are are still pretty well stocked um, because they have much higher prices Yay. than the, the discounters. And so it's really right. the discounters that have empty shelves. And I was I... shocked, absolutely shocked, that the thing that was missing in addition to soap, uh, toilet paper, and disinfectant spray at the drugstore was was head and shoulders. So dandruff shampoo oh. was was the one shampoo well, people were hoarding. <laughs> you do not want you do not want dandruff in a pandemic. That's, that's uh, the... you want to look your best. In your you want to look your best. <laughs> um, uh, you need to have this. I don't know. I mean, it's great. The Germans have a wonderful. Uh, set of words for panic buying, and that's Hamsterkauf. Is to Hamsterkauf. Uh, <laughs> that is an amazing image. I love. Yeah. I love the German language. There's some things that are perfect. So yeah, hamster buy or a hamster shop is the Stuffing noun. Stuffing your cheeks full of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. And head and oh, shoulders. Like, <laughs> right. Like, that, why are you panic? Anyway. Um, and so then, of is course, that... they also have a verb, which is hamstun. And uh, Angela Merkel, yeah. in her in her address to the country on Wednesday night, actually used the verb hamstun, uh, <laughs> and it was it was amazing. German uh, yeah. politicians have a completely different vocabulary. I saw that um, this guy Marcus Blum tweeted uh, Germany using the hashtag stay the f star 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 at home <laughs> uh, which i just don't see coming from um, from any of the members of the british cabinet anytime soon maybe the italians i don't know um it's i guess it's it's one of the things that hit me that for me it comes in waves there are times when i almost feel normal in life kind of like now having a chat to you guys and then something will happen or will pop into my head and it suddenly hits me what's going on. Um, one of those times was, was the other day when I tried to send someone a photo on my phone and it didn't send for about a minute. And I suddenly had this sense of like, oh my God, the internet's gone. What do I do if the internet's gone? Um, and it, it really surprised me how strongly I felt that reaction in that in that moment. And another time I got it was when I'd left the house for the first time in, I don't know, four or five, six maybe days. Um, and I went past the corner shop at the end of my road and I'd heard, read that food stores were still open. 
so I expected that to be, and, and it wasn't. Um, and just just realizing that like all shopping from now on was going to have to be done in a supermarket, just one of these little details that suddenly makes you think about about what's going on. But then yesterday morning, I was woken up by the guy who sells fruit and veg out of the back of a truck through the old town in Chefalu. Um, and he'd not been around for a week or so. And I was woken up by him shouting up from the street, you know, something about zucchini in, in a deep Sicilian accent. Um, <laughs> and I've never been so glad to be woken up by someone shouting outside my window about <laughs> zucchini. It's, it's just a bit of normality. You know? Yeah. How many zucchinis did you buy? <laughs> <laughs> I need all of them. I was... <laughs> I was not in my state to run out of the. (laughs) I'm gonna have zucchini, zucchini. Just give me that zucchini. This uh, (laughs) this this is such a such a strange image. Cheeks full of zucchini. Um, But how are you not saying courgette? Are you are you doing this for me? (laughs) No, no, I'm doing it because in uh, the Italian word is zucchini. um, Right. It's a strange thing that the. English, the Brits have borrowed from the French, but the Americans borrowed from the Italians. Yeah. I I am happy to work with either zucchini or courgette. Aww. It doesn't it it's, it it's, really doesn't it. It's a that's that's the kind of thinking. Does that work? <laughs> These guys are Double making heart. heart signs <laughs> at each other. It's beautiful. It's the kind of thinking that's going to help us go truly global with this podcast. Um, I mean, if it helps, I can always um, like open the curtain and open the door and just show you a garden if you need the outside. Yes, yes, do that. Do that when we finish okay. recording. Um, All right, I'll finish recording. Yeah, that's probably quite a good idea. Let's um, let's let's talk. Let's talk the internet. Let's talk social media and memes because mm. my one of my favourite things about this is is that everyone's keeping a sense of a sense of humour. We all need it. <laughs> what have you seen that's been particularly good? Uh, I think it's hit the English or like, I don't know who I saw posted at first, um, was the bad pun between German and English of uh, the Germans are panic buying sausage and cheese, um, which we would call the worst case scenario. <laughs> My dad shared that one. <laughs> I have to share it on another it's WhatsApp like, group. <laughs> it's the best dad joke in this time. It's pretty good. Duncan, when this is over, can you introduce me to your dad, please? Because I feel like we'd have a, a good night out. <laughs> have you seen, have you seen um, any stuff that sticks in your mind? Uh, not particularly. Uh, there was the um, there was the Christmas one sort of going, you know, at Christmas time. Uh, there's people saying, oh, we're going to treat this like Christmas. Um, you know, we spend two weeks inside and we love it. Let's just do that and pretend it's Christmas two weeks inside on our own uh, with board games and uh, annoying each other's uh, family. Um, so <laughs> that, that was quite, that was quite a funny one. Um, I haven't really seen most of the social media feed has actually been quite depressing at times, but the, you know, there was th- those lovely little moments of s- someone sharing, um, like doing the little stickers in the windows. Uh, you've got, Everyone's trying like, to. I'm staying at home, type thing. Yeah, but it's more that uh, a street has put up um, 
every window has either a green or a red card and if you have a green card you're all fine but if it's red they need something and so oh, it's wow. about uh, trying to uh, help each other which is which is really cute of course there's the, the my that. favorite one that at the moment going around is the third photo in your phone <laughs> uh to cheer people up um which I haven't taken part because I'm a miserable sod, really. Um, <laughs> so, and, you know, people taking photos of their home offices has been uh, quite in- entertaining. But honestly, uh, on the social media front, when you said memes, like, ah, the best one was the Christmas one. That was quite, that was quite funny. I was going um, to talk about... And the, the, the oh, first Kaza ca- scenario <laughs> is still the, the, my favourite thing. There's nothing that beats that. I, I woke up thinking what I'm going to talk about at this point is a video from Spain, which is a guy trying to get around quarantine regulations by walking around the streets in a giant inflatable T-Rex costume and right. the police coming up and dealing with him. And I saw this video with the original live sound and I kind of thought, oh, that's funny. And then someone sent it to me with the Jurassic Park theme tune over the top of it. <laughs> And I just <laughs> cried laughing for about five minutes. Um, and I was going to talk about the, that. Did you see the Spanish headline of um, the guy? Oh, I'm trying to remember where it was in Spain. Um, but he turned himself into the police because he was tired of uh, being stuck at home with his mom. <laughs> and he asked if the cops could arrest him. I really wanted to be real. Um, but I like you know, was not in a fact-checking <laughs> mood scrolling through my Facebook I think we uh, just take it as as gospel. It's probably yeah, happened somewhere. Yep. I mean, the 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 other funny one was the one you shared on our. Sandy and I also are involved in a fantasy NFL uh, oh. league, and we have been for many years. It mm. is probably my favorite. It is the hardest fantasy league to play in it is my favorite as well it is so much fun i'm um, so happy that the nfl gives you so much joy <laughs> did we, oh it really we does mention this on the no it on actually the it doesn't well joy <laughs> no, in a very the, expansive the, term well sandy is a long-suffering steelers fan and i'm a colts fan oh. so um Hey, the Steelers you know, had like okay, yeah, okay, fair enough. I, I should I should have led with this. Duncan is a, a legend of broadcasting in the UK, um, in the <laughs> NFL community. I can't believe I forgot to say this. I'm so sorry, Duncan. I should have introduced of NFL you. NFL broadcasting in the UK. This tell us tell us very quickly in 30 seconds or so about your NFL podcast because someone's going to be interested in this. If only to be like, why are so many British guys talking about American football? Um, so my friend Dan, oh, our friend Dan, um, who's, who's coming, coming on, on in a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, he suggested in 2013 that we do, uh, an NFL podcast. So the gridiron, we came up with the name of gridiron gents cause we always viewed ourselves as gentlemen and we like the idea of the gridiron and, um, we're very polite. And what we talk about is, uh, Originally, it was just the idea of talking about the NFL from a, a UK perspective. So, without the hyperbole and over excitement <laughs> that some of the American podcasts come out with, uh, and no maybe it is an you mean being American? Podcast. Do you mean the, yeah, the state? Yeah, being, of being Amer- basically being American. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you, honestly, you can't and, you can't talk to Summer about the NFL without her breaking into overexcited hyperbole. Isn't that right? <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> and uh, sorry, this is longer than thirty seconds, but um, yeah, where the idea we was find we out? Would, if you want to listen uh, to it, where can you catch up? At 
Uh, we're on Twitter at Gridiron Gents, but we're on Spotify as Gridiron Gentleman Podcast. And yeah. check it out. Um, it's got an orange logo with a football with a tash um, because we're all bearded. Yeah. And um, we have the required amount of cynicism and picking on uh, Dan, which is really essential. <laughs> When we uh, so it is, it's a lot of fun. Um, we do wind up each other, and we try to offend all fan bases equally. It's true. It's true. We are on. Twitter. We work really hard on that. <laughs> we are on Twitter at Quarantine Pod. Um, Summer, are you or are any of your many projects on Twitter? I I used I still have a handle, but I mm. I don't. I try not to go on Twitter. I just it never worked for me. What was something the, about it as um, a platform? So what I have seen you on on social media is a brilliant extract from Romeo and Juliet in four different languages. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is a project from someone that I know from high school in San Diego. It's a very long ah. story, uh, but she did drunk Shakespeare in New York. And then moved back to San Diego and has started this Sofa Shakespeare project like a week ago, I think. And mm -hmm. I saw it because we're friends on Facebook. And then it went totally <laughs> viral. And yeah, she ended up being interviewed by, by some radio station in Australia oh, and cool. by a newspaper in India. <laughs> so I don't, wow. I don't know who else is doing non-English contributions contributions um but when i when she gave me that one with four different parts i was like oh, okay great then i i'll just i'll ask everyone i know that speaks different languages in berlin and so see had, who can do it you had you had german and english and, and french and italian nice yeah and and, I, and where can we find out more about sophie shakespeare uh so it's on it's on facebook at i think just forward slash flat forward slash sofa shakespeare and then also on Instagram, Sofa Shakespeare. And, and that's yeah. that's people doing like a minute of, of Shakespeare at a time. Yes. Nice. Cool. I love I do Very love cool. the way that um people who perform things are finding ways to keep performing things. Um have you got any any plans for, for anything else of that nature? Yeah, we're doing uh, because our our theater was closed, and and it's I mean it's a wonderful tiny space that's run by Italians in Berlin, and so they were hey. really under pressure from from various various angles uh, yeah. to to possibly close even earlier than Berlin was suggesting, but then mm. they were also worried about rent, and so it was a very long process. In any case, um, we're supposed to have the show Saturday. They closed the venue Friday. And so I was like, we'll take the show online and we'll see what happens if we put Julius Caesar in a Zoom meeting. <laughs> can we watch? It, and how can we watch? There are clips on Twitch uh, because we're streaming to Twitch okay. under the handle DrunCB. So D-R-U-N-C-B. Uh, and currently the name is Virtual Classics. Okay. And with a logo that will, will seem very familiar to you, Sandy, because it's done by the <laughs> same guy. And yeah, so we're basically looking at how we can uh, transpose the dynamics of Shakespeare's plays and the plots into virtual settings. Yeah. Sweet. 
That's great. Yeah, and then it's all streaming. Send us details, and we'll put them. We'll we'll put them on Twitter at Quarantine Pod. All right. Last thing that I want to ask you guys is: we've been doing this on on every episode. We're going to keep going um, because the Italians are singing their national anthem, and it's keeping their spirits up. But my personal belief is that no one's spirits are going to be kept up by hearing the British national anthem. Um, and all the Americans are going to think you're using the wrong words for my country. Tis of thee. It's just such a silly history. Yeah. Just super quick. Has have you got any ideas for things that the Brits can sing? Summer. Oh wow! You're putting the American first on this question. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I would. I only could come up with imagine. Um, from John Lennon, despite the fact that that's really more from his American phase. And um, it, it, like all the, the Hollywood stars who've done their version of that. Right. Like, I feel like that could... It's not, you know, it's... It's not it's, that it's, hard to sing. We generally know the words. words. Yeah, you know, it is tricky to get a piano onto a balcony, but someone will find a way. True. Duncan, have you got any thoughts? I mean, obviously in Scotland, uh, it would be Flower of Scotland. Because uh, yeah. it's like the best thing. I mean, God Save the Queen is a rubbish anthem. Um, but Flower of Scotland, gone and been out. That is fire. Uh, I don't know. Uh, or Sunshine on Leith, if you're doing Scottish, Scottish songs. That's a beautiful one. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, it- but <laughs> at the same time, uh, well, I don't know. It depends where you are. I mean, I would always say. Uh, uh, Tideline, there's a band called Tidelines and they do um, Far Side of the World, it's a beautiful song and it, it is so popular on the west coast, like when they play is they finish with it um, but they also do a cover version of Shut Up and Dance and that is really <laughs> cool because it includes bagpipes and he's got a wonderful <laughs> west coast uh, singing voice uh, but it is it works really well um, but the obviously the other Brilliant Scottish band being Fratelli's, uh, Chelsea Dagger. And yeah, when you hear the bagpipes ringing out across Cardross, you'll know that that lockdown has arrived. Yeah, well, as I said, we're not we're we're not in lockdown at the moment, so we're kind of all right. Long may that continue. My my pitch is I'm going to go with an ELO song because in Italy one of the tunes that's kind of become a bit anthemic is a song called Il Cielo è sempre più blu which means the sky is always bluer um, so I reckon the English equivalent is Mr. Blue Sky um, not a great sing-along but um, uniting the world around the theme of, of blue skies and happy times and one of the good things that is coming out of this is that the skies are literally becoming more and more blue because we're pumping less and less fuel into them um which is a topic for another day uh we're out of time there, guys there was okay i really quickly, i there really was... want to go back to uh, when i cut you off about the the jurassic theme park song meme because i definitely oh, yeah. wanted to know if you'd seen the, the spanish man because um, you had something else to say about it, and I feel bad for cutting you off. Um, no, no, I, 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 I have something else to say about literally everything in the world. So, <laughs> so. there was one beautiful thing that did happen this morning, um, and it, I, I listen to Radio One, BBC Radio One, uh, quite a yeah. lot um, because I'm so down with the kids. But they play <laughs> at the same time across Europe. 
uh, about 158 different radio stations uh, from Latvia all the way to here played uh, You Will Never Walk Alone at the same time. So it was 10, four, it was oh. um, nine, nine, 8.45, I think, here. Um, and then it was everywhere else. Everyone at the same time was playing You'll Never Walk Alone. I thought that was... I. I oh, really nearly man. teared up because that was that was beautiful. I'm, so I'm maybe that is actually what we that. should all do doing. Yeah, I think that is probably that should be the that, that is the song. That might be the answer. Yeah. Oh man, that's that is really really nice. Um, guys, we're out of time. I'm so sorry. We I could sit and chat to you guys for for hours and hours and hours. Um, you too. Let's wrap this up by giving, as we have been doing in the in the Spanish style, a round of applause. Um, and the round of applause, as it is in Spain, is going to go out first and foremost to everyone who's working in healthcare right now, because those guys are absolute superheroes. Um, but it's also going to go out to some other people we'd like to nominate. Anyone got a, a suggestion for someone they'd like to put forward who deserves applause and, and all our love? Uh, the truck drivers, uh, the lorry drivers, who are mm. currently stuck at borders within what was the Schengen zone, what still is the Schengen yep. zone, um, because they, they're stuck at borders between Austria and Germany and between the Czech Republic and Germany um, for up to like 12 hours, 15 hours, uh, which yeah. is pretty crazy. But we need them to keep working because that's how we're getting food. Absolutely. So, Definitely to the Duncan? to the drivers. Um, I mean, it would be, you know, what we've got a friend who's a vet. Mm. Big shout out to the vets because they are they are still open. Um, I know they're not that technically frontline, but people's pets yeah. and f the farm animals are still going to get poorly. So, yeah. it kind of uh, yeah, uh, shout out to them. Keep on going. We um, will, it's a bit of a weird one, but we will, no, it's a good one. We will clap for the truck drivers. We will clap for the vets. We will clap for everyone working in healthcare, and we're going to clap for my next door neighbour, who, out of the blue, and this is someone I've literally never even been able to have a conversation with, because um, clearly my Sicilian accent is not good enough. Uh, <laughs> knocked on my door yesterday, which is uh, which is was St Joseph's Day. Um, a day on which the Italians eat these beautiful little mini donut things, uh, knocked on my door and I opened it up and she'd left a small plate of some donuts that she'd made me. Oh. And so she gets a round of applause and all the love. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Summer, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thank you for having me on. It was wonderful. Duncan, thank you so much. No, thank you, uh, Sunny. It's been wonderful. And Summer, it's been lovely to meet you yeah it's lovely to meet you as Eat well um, may, may we may we forage for seaweed on a coast <laughs> together at some <laughs> later date here's to foraging yeah for seaweed. that'd be wicked all right a round of applause to healthcare workers truck drivers vets and my next door neighbor with the donuts see you next time goodbye Woo! go on yourself <laughs> <laughs>